0: Hello, Survivors. Makeshift here with a special Interjection episode. I'm collaborating with Chris Russell on a new experiment while he's between seasons of his post-pandemic survival story after the apocalypse. And if you enjoy this pilot episode, join his Facebook group, Old Man Apocalypse, and let him know you'd like to hear more. Here's Chris to bring in the first episode of Alien Schizoid. the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story, presents episode one of a new short series of stories written by Chris Mad Dog Russell, that's me, and read with post-production by Mike Makeshift Darling, our old friend Mike. So welcome to this experimental story series we're having fun with during the break between seasons, and the working title is Alien Schizoid. And we hope you enjoy it. So here's makeshift. Alien Schizoid. Chapter 1. Headbashing. The bathroom fan screamed a tired airplane sound that was entirely out of place for the lack of airflow it produced, but entirely consistent with the dismal nature of this motel. He wiped blood from his face with a threadbare hotel towel and looked in the hollow, soulless pits where his eyes should have been. It was happening again. Jim thought he had beaten it. All the medication... All the years of grown-up therapy with smart and sympathetic doctors. He really thought he had beaten it, but now a new strident voice had erupted in his mind. Somehow, different. Before, the voices were shadowy ghosts of things, just at the edge of his conscious thought. Not even voices, really. More like thoughts that weren't entirely his. Before, the thoughts were more like unwanted noise cluttering his mind. The voice had its own narrative, it was distinct and seemed more real than before. The new voice seemed closer, more fully formed, a frightful intruder that pressed to take over. That difference terrified him. And here he was, cowering in an unnamed motel in the worst part of town, to hide from this new break, to escape from his co-workers, to protect his family. From the voice. Even as a kid, he'd known he was at risk. They had institutionalized his mom when he was still young. They told him these things ran in families, that he might have the same broken wiring inside of him. It was why he was ready when the first shadows started to appear. When he hit puberty and the chemistry in his body changed, he had seen the edges of his mind begin to fray. He'd been quick to ask for help. They were able to catch it early, and with this intervention, to treat him. To give him back, if not his life, then a life. A life with a slightly dulled and muffled mind, but a life better than the terrifying breaks with the reality he'd begun to experience. He was still grateful for that. He had survived. He had thrived in his way. A college degree, a normal job at the insurance agency... And miracle of miracles, a wife and a family. He was grateful every day for that normalcy. It might be a shaved and muddled existence that throttled his true self in ways, but it was better than the hell of losing self altogether. But now this voice was here to take it all away. The day had started out as normal as any other. Better than most, actually. He was to attend a company awards ceremony. He optimistically wore a clean and pressed blue shirt with a conservative black tie. He shined his shoes and had on his newest pair of khaki slacks, ironed and creased. The presentation was all Jim had imagined. He received his certificate for best attendance and held it proudly as he reveled in the polite applause of his workmates. But as he made his way back to his seat aglow in a refreshing flush of normalcy... A voice, the voice, interrupted. Hey, pal. It had said brightly in his mind like a ringing bell. We need to talk. The clarity and force of the voice startled him. It made him stumble a bit. He tried to hold the fake smile as emotions and fear ripped at him. Maybe it was the emotion of the moment. Maybe it was something he had eaten that had somehow thrown his chemistry off. Maybe he had somehow screwed up his meds. Perhaps the adrenaline rush of the applause in the crowded banquet hall had overwhelmed the delicate balance of the neurochemical inhibitors. Or maybe, just maybe, that awful fracture of his mind that he'd been diligently holding off had begun anew. Some Rubicon moment had passed and the thing he feared most had found him. The cracks in his fragile mind had fissured and he was dropping into the abyss. When the voice began, he was terrified, but in some sense, also not surprised. He'd been warned of this. He had lived his life on tender hooks in anticipation of this moment. Jim smiled grimly around his fear and excused himself to his co-workers. Maybe they noticed the blood draining from his face and the sweat on his brow. Would they just assume it was food poisoning or the flu? Surely they could suspect nothing else from this milk-toast fella who never caused any trouble. In a panic, he rushed from the building and away from them, away from that bastion of normalcy. Where should he go? Was there anyone he could turn to for help? His family? No, he would not risk burdening his wife and children with this break. His doctors or the hospital. No, they would call his wife and maybe even his work. No, he had worked too hard to earn this life. He would not put those he loved at risk. First, he would find someplace safe and rest. He needed quiet. He needed refuge. He would set his phone for a few hours of Do Not Disturb. Some place where no one could possibly know him. Somewhere where no one would ask questions or notice a freak with voices in his head. He would give it some time to see if it stopped by itself, as he knew these episodes often did. Then the rational man in him could make rational decisions about who to turn to for help. Jim gritted his teeth as the voice harangued him with its old-timey rhymes and rhythm. He checked into the cheap motel in the poor part of town and lay down in the lumpy twin bed with a plaid quilt. He needed time to focus, time to remember who he was, time to take control of his thoughts. He willed the voice to stop. He willed silence in his mind. He focused on the normal and rational version of the James that he knew was in there, that had to win out for him to survive. The voice did not stop. The voice questioned him incessantly. It urged him to do things. Not horrible things, just things he couldn't really understand. It reasoned with him. It badgered him. Until finally, after so many hours, he had staggered to the bathroom and looked at himself in the mirror, those hollow and frightened eyes. Oh God, he looked crazy. At that point, hope deserted him, and rationality was subsumed by a wave of rage. He began bashing his head into the image of himself on the mirror. Get out! Get out! Get out! He repeated each time his forehead hit the smudged glass. Get out! Get out! Get out! out! A crack spiraled out from the impact point, and the mirror rattled against its mooring screws. A delicate wedge of glass angled out from the cracks and tore his skin blood ran down his face and he sobbed but the voice stopped the voice stopped a tentative wave of relief flowed over him like a tide rising over a sandbar erasing footprints and abandoned sandcastles the voice was gone The voice was gone. Jim breathed deeply in through his nose and exhaled loudly out his mouth. He grabbed one of the hand towels from the rack and ran water in the sink. He washed away the blood and wiped himself clean. He'd tell them he'd slipped and offered to pay for the broken mirror. Now he could make those calls. To his wife to tell her not to worry. To Dr. Shelley for an assessment and maybe some new meds. To work, to tell them he wasn't feeling well and would need a couple days off. So much for my attendance record, he thought. It's going to be alright, he said to himself as he straightened up. I'm still here and it's going to be alright. He reassured himself this was all part of life. The worst had passed and he'd be back to normal soon enough. James Everwell lay down on the wrinkled coverlet that smelled like mothballs and closed his eyes. He focused on his breath and recited the Maha Mantra. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, 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 Hari, Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hari, Hari. He exhaled deeply, allowing the great ball of fear to unwind from his chest. It was going to be all right. Then, Hey, pal, what are you, some kind of jamoke, smacking yourself in the head for kicks? You look like you got one of them brain worms, like you went 10 rounds with some big palooka. Are you ready to get serious and get to business already? We got more problems than a one-armed paper hanger, and I need your help. Jim let out a giggle that grew quickly into a laugh, a maniacal outburst mixed with sobs. He snorted and guffawed at the voice in his head, at the ridiculousness of it all. His half crazy, half normal existence. His futile efforts to hang on to a life that most men wouldn't even want. And now, this insistent newcomer of a voice cajoling him like a 1930s gangster. He laughed. And laughed until the pillow was wet with his tears and drool. And it was somehow cathartic. Somehow relieving. Somehow comforting. And at last, when the heaving sobs and laughs lost their energy and he was left in the wrinkled sheets breathing and spent, he felt better. He was no longer in the mood to fight. He sighed deeply and gave in to the inevitable. <sighs> okay, Jim said out loud to the voice in his head. What do you want? boy, pal. Now you're talking sense. I thought you went slap happy on me. Now, let's stop gold brickin' and get to wake. Hello again survivors makeshift here i had a lot of fun collaborating on this kind of out there pilot episode for this brand new story that chris has been kind of playing around with he's now done two seasons of after the apocalypse and uh the is really great if you haven't heard it yet it's another audio drama well it's a narrated story um it's so weird trying to figure out all these terms but uh but yeah check out After the Apocalypse, it's another podcast. The episodes are wonderful. They're a little bit longer than mine because he's been at it a little bit longer than I have. Um, But the story is really great. I think you'll really enjoy the heck out of it. It starts off as uh, two lone survivors and then they kind of meet along the way, team up reluctantly, I would say. And then as you get into season two, there's a whole new batch of new characters to, uh, get behind and follow their stories. So it gets, it gets really wild and it takes place kind of across this vast land of Eastern or Southern Tennessee, somewhere in there. It's, it's Appalachian, Appalachian. I don't know. And, um, and I got involved with this because I was following along with After the Apocalypse and on his Facebook group, he put up the first two lines, the first two like real sentences of this story about the uh, ceiling fan not the ceiling fan, but the vent fan in the bathroom uh, sounding like a, a tired airplane sound. And uh, he put that up more or less as a as a voiceover contest. And I, of course, had to enter. And so I sent in a reading of those first two lines and there was a, like a voting jury and they picked me. And so then Chris reached out and he said, hey, I'm going to try to write something a little bit longer. Would you be interested in reading it? And I said, heck yeah. Um, so I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, this story is it's pretty unique. Like, it's got a little bit of genre bending there. It's kind of got like a dark feel. I mean, anytime you're talking about mental illness, like schizophrenia, it can tend to be a little dark. Um, you know, you can find the comedy in it, but it can be a little dark when you're talking about what's going on in people's minds. And of course, we have uh, an intrusive alien that is invading his mind, uh, invading the mind of a schizophrenic, 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 a schizophrenia person Schizophrenic, what the heck's the word? Anyway, um, I don't know a lot of words today. Of course, we have some of that old style film noir voicing going on there, which I had a lot of fun putting together. And speaking of that, this is my first time attempting to do all the voices. I mean, there's only two plus the narrator, um, but I had a lot of fun with it, and it is a, definitely a challenge to try to come up with different voices for. Different characters, and I imagine if we get to continue this, we're gonna we're gonna meet some new characters, and so I'll have to get my uh, my acting chops put back together in order to be able to play more characters than that. And I am scared to death of playing a female. I don't know how that's gonna go yet, but uh, I don't know, Chris, if you're listening to this, I guess we'll see. But uh, I really enjoyed Chris's writing in this. It's it's a lot of fun, and he's obviously uh, dug a little deep in his research to make sure that when the alien's speaking in his hundred-year-old tongue that that it sounds real, using some old vernacular and that kind of thing. So I I really enjoyed uh, just about all of this. Um, I'm not going to keep you guys on here for long, but I do want to say, if you do want to hear more of this, I've already told Chris I want to do some. Um, so now it's just up to getting him excited and making sure he's got the time to write some more. I think he does want to write more, but if you guys want to give him a little push, jump onto his Facebook group, it's facebook.com, uh, I think slash groups slash old man apocalypse. And I'll leave the link down in the show notes, jump in there, let him know you enjoyed the show and tell him you want to hear some more. All right, next episode, we're going to get back to Legends of Wasteland City. Thank you guys so much for letting me share this with you. And I'm hard at work trying to get the next episode out for you. Just waiting on a couple more voices still to uh, throw into the mix. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. Things get a little busy here in the summer. But don't worry, more episodes are coming. i got five more episodes of the ones who came before still slated to come out. uh, And they should all be out before Wasteland Weekend this year. And that's about where we'll cut our season off Uh, because I think I'll probably do a couple episodes leading up to Wasteland Weekend to help everyone get ready again. And that's about it for me, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe if you're not. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends. And if you hated it, share it with your enemies, along with a one-armed paper hanger. Whatever that may be. I'll see you next time, survivors. Stay alive.